0: Welcome to Singing the Blues, I'm Dom Housen, and I'm James Marriott. Coming up, Wednesday 1, Wigan 0, we've got reaction from Gary Monk and from the goal scorer Massimo Luongu, uh, plus the results of Alpinion's VAR, yes or no, and we're going to make you Wednesday's manager this week. Uh, right then, Wigan, now you're going to think I'm a little bit crazy for this, uh, but for me, this was the most satisfying win of the season so far. I don't think you're crazy for suggesting that, James? I'm glad you said no, that. I... Um, because we needed to win, and we did, is, yeah. the, is the basic reason. But it was a tight game, and it was a bit scrappy, and it was frustrating at times, but we did the job. Yeah, it wasn't aesthetically pleasing at all. And the, no. the first
1: half, uh, other than the Barry Bannon shot that's hit the post... Wednesday created very little and in fact they had a big scare of course uh, in the quarter of an hour mark that sort of double or even triple chance that Wigan had against the run of play where they really should have scored and um, I mean, that I mean that was the moment of the match for me the just seeing Julian Burner for the second time this season celebrating when that shot from Massey flew wide after he'd made the block on the line just as he did against Barnsley and celebrating it as if it was a goal. Uh, yeah, that that will um, probably be one of the few sort of high points or moments that you remember from the Wigan match. But it was a case of Wednesday had to get back on track. They got the job done. They kept a clean sheet. Uh, there were some good individual performances. As Gary Monk said, to, you know, said after the match, and he's right, They're not perfect and they're not the finished article and there's a lot more to come. And that's exciting when you look at the table and you see Wednesday in in this international break sitting in eighth position with an opportunity when they're next in action to go top as that's how congested and tight
0: the championship is. It is ridiculously tight in the championship this season. And um, I was chatting the other day to someone saying, I don't think it's not going to be one of those seasons where someone runs away with it this year so it's just about keeping in touch isn't it everyone's going to beat everyone again as they always do in the championship and you stay in touch until that final straight and you've got as good a chance as um, as anyone right so um stephen fletcher back in the team not surprisingly um i thought it was a slightly surprising change to a 4-4 a 4-3-3 again which i probably didn't expect you know we were we're talking a bit about who's going to come in to replace um hutch and, um, I mean, Joey Pessi getting 1% of the vote in the poll that we did last week. But he comes into the team as well as Luonga, which I, I just didn't see that coming.
1: No, I don't think many people saw that coming or would have predicted that team and certainly the change in shape. Sometimes it looked like a four-one-four-one. one 4 did uh, play in that sort of anchor midfield role in front of the back four and like Gary Monk, I actually thought he had a good game. You know, Gary Monk praised him, said he was excellent, and Massimo Wangu, who I actually thought was a bit in and out, and uh, you know, scored a great goal, and uh, and that's what he offers, and that's why we've wanted to see more of him. That he is capable of scoring goals from midfield, and Wednesday do need to be scoring more from that department and that's maybe something that Massimo Luongu can provide but yeah it was interesting that Gary Monk changed the formation and that's what we have seen in the five championship matches so far under him is that he's not afraid to change the shape and he felt that they needed more legs and energy in there Uh, but it it was funny that you know he wasn't happy with the first half in that he didn't feel as if they did show enough urgency and, and there was maybe not enough tempo and purpose about their play, and I think I would go along with that. And that's that was the the disappointing um, side of it from that first half, showing that he made those changes in midfield to try and freshen things up and inject a bit of life into the team. But actually, they were just too slow from whether it's goal kicks, throw ins, free kicks. Uh, it was a bit bitty. It was you know, yet again another referee who was a bit fussy, but at the same time, Wednesday probably could have done more to have helped themselves to speed the game up.
0: Yeah, I, I actually had a sneaky listen to a, a Wigan podcast yesterday um, just to kind of get you know the the other side of, um, of 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 kind of the coin, if you like, and they were at half time kind of thinking that it was theirs to win that that game they felt that we're going to be the better team in the first half and they didn't have anything to fear from Wednesday And you kind of take a step back and think actually you can probably see that because we we know that Wednesday can do a lot more than they did in that in that first half um, and i think the formation thing's interesting because I, I'm kind of thinking, right? Is this Gary Monk learning what the best way to play is to get the best out of these players, or is this what he's going to do? Is he going to jump between different formations just depending on the on the team, depending on what players he's got uh, uh, available? What What do you think? Is this is this just going to be the way that Gary Monk does things?
1: Yeah, I think so. The way he's going to operate, he's still learning about the players that he's got at his disposal. So maybe in the back of his mind, with Sam Hutchinson missing through suspension, he's thought, right, this is a chance now to have a proper look at Jerry Perry Pessie and give him his first league start of the season and ditto Luongo. Uh, And yeah, I I reckon he was a little bit conscious of the formation that Wigan play and that they wind up in a sort of 4-2-3-1 and so, if he'd gone in with a 4-2, 4-4-2, then you do risk being outnumbered in that area. And so, I, I think he was mindful of that, and he and he recognised that winning the midfield battle was going to be very important to, you know, whoever would come out on top in the contest.
0: Yeah, um, and he got that one right. Um, I I didn't. Uh, Wigan had that moment in the first half, didn't they? Where um, as you mentioned, Julian Borner blocking on the line and celebrating again. And I love that man. Um, other than that, I, Wigan. Um, you can see why they've struggled away from home because I don't. I I, don't, I never particularly felt that as soon as we got the goal. It never really felt particularly in danger, that, that, that game. The natural thing as a Wednesday fan is to kind of fear the worst. I guess any football fan is. But when you look back, you think, well, actually, Wigan we never... They never kind of got a foothold in, in that second half. We we did what we needed to do and, and really kind of frustrated them. And a, a really professional second half performance.
1: Yeah, it was. And they could have scored more, should have scored more. Yeah. Goal well, did. We. Yes, that uh, that was disallowed uh, the Stephen Fletcher who has an amazing record against Wigan should have had another against them and there were at least uh, two players that were in front of him yeah or so he was well on side so after Adam Reach has had the shot and the keepers made the save and Fletcher's lashed in that follow-up but and they should have stood and Stephen Fletcher uh, was you could see Uh, deeply incensed and unhappy that that's gone against him and that was another refereeing decision uh, second match in a row uh, that's gone gone against Wednesday and fortunately in the final analysis it hasn't cost them but yeah I tell you it could have been a different story if Wigan had taken that chance and got their noses in front in the first half yes they have a terrible record on the road that would have given them confidence and something to have hung on to and that would have of course, completely changed Wednesday's game plan. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you, know, you had that key moment. And then, even after Wednesday's scored through Luongu, Kieran Westwood makes an unbelievable save to tip Kiefer Moore's header onto the crossbar.
0: That was um, quite stunning. And you kind of, it was one of those when you see it live and you think, did he get a touch on that? And you can't really tell. You watch it back and you're like, that's yeah. so important and um, a brilliant, a brilliant save. We've seen this two or three games now, haven't we, where Westwood's made those real killer saves and we had kind of questioned his start to the to the season. He seems to be just kind of finding form a little bit. Yeah, definitely. We've, is, we've is been it, a bit critical the... of him, haven't we, on this podcast this season? Yeah, we have. And, yeah. and I think
1: rightly so is he has made some uncharacteristic mistakes. But now you're looking at the statistics and I think that's his fourth clean sheet out of 11. That's not bad. And you're well on the way to aiming towards that 16-17, which I'm sure that privately he set that target for shutouts this season. And if if Wednesday go on to keep as many as those, then they'll definitely be there or thereabouts for promotion. But Kieran Westwood, over the course of a season... We've seen it in his time at Wednesday. He wins the team. I would say anywhere between ten to fifteen points a season. Yeah, that's it's hard fair. to argue with that. I, the guy is a a match winner for Wednesday in that he keeps that ball out of the net and makes big saves at big times on a consistent basis.
0: Yep, yeah, another uh, another good game for him. Um, there, there were some, you mentioned earlier, there were some good individual performances across the park. Um, credit to the back four, who I thought all looked pretty good. Um, if you had to pick a man of the match, who would you pick out? I think I said afterwards,
1: Burner again. I've, and then having watched the highlights back, uh, it was Burner who actually got out-jumped by Moore, who is a big guy. Yeah, To be fair, and he'd probably climb over a few centre-halves this season to get his head on the ball from the set plays. Um, but then, yeah, if you put that to one side, that one moment when Moores had the header and Westwood's uh, sort of rescued Burner, I think, yeah, very solid again. Likewise, I offer. And I think Pelly Pessi was good in the middle of the part. You know, he uh, does get a bit of stick. But but considering he hasn't had much game time, I think he came in and he did his job and he had a specific role of sitting deep and protecting that back four and he broke up play a lot and uh, he more often than not went for the simple pass Uh, and that's what he does. He keeps things ticking over and and so I think actually Jerry Pellipessi did himself a power of good on Saturday, along with Luongu.
0: He he strangely is a, I say strangely he is a player that, that fans love to hit um, and that's just you know happened through several sort of non-performances of, of his he will always be remembered as you know Jos first and probably only was it his only song? Yeah I was going to say yeah that, that's he's what kind I of think associated is, with it? that kind of era of Wednesday just being quite flat and not great to watch and a bit dull um, but yeah I mean he looked a different player to me on, on Saturday it looked like he got a new lease of life looked like whatever Gary Monk had said to him or whatever role he'd given to him the instructions we know that Gary Monk's keen on giving clear instructions to players that seemed to work with Joey Pellupesi and yeah credit where it's due I thought he had a great game I'd have to give Man of the Match to I offer but just because he's kind of gone a little bit under my radar I, I've not been convinced by him uh, and yet There have been mistakes, but game after game, he's really grown into that role. And it might be the last game that he plays for a while at centre-half. I I can't see Julian Burner being dropped. Um, So either Tom Lees comes back in for for Dominic Iorfa, or Tom Lees doesn't get back into the team. And that's going to be an interesting one, and that's probably one for us to discuss at a a later date as we get towards the Cardiff game. Uh, But... Yeah, he just I think he just deserves credit for, for how he's grown into um, into that role. No, he uh, does. And, and really then, of job.
1: course, as a selection poser now in midfield as we know mm-hmm. that Sam Hutchinson will be available for Cardiff too. So what Gary Monk does there after, I think, the selection poser... Yeah, I, I think now that Jerry Perry, Pessie and Massimo Luongu... They didn't do themselves any harm at all whatsoever on Saturday, so these are going to be some fascinating selection calls for Gary Monk, definitely.
0: Um, You realise that we both missed the true highlight of Saturday. In fact, everyone who was at the game missed the true highlight of Saturday, which was uh, Sam Hutchinson, late replacement for Giles Kirk, on uh, the iFollow commentary service. But I firstly, caught up, actually, with a lot of that. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. That's a very good substitution. John yes, Kirkoff, yeah, absolutely. Sam Hutchinson on. like the way the club announced it with the uh, the substitution uh, graphic. That was uh, pretty good. I just love the way that Sam Hutchinson never smiles in a picture. <laughs> <laughs> He's always serious. <laughs> um, I, I, I think there's quite a bit of obviously what sam Hutchinson said on the highlights and i felt like when they edited those highlights there's there's passages of playing there that are not very interesting that they've just included because what sam hutchinson is saying is quite interesting um but what i love most was Learning all the players' nicknames, because yes. Sam Hutchinson referred to them all with their um, nicknames. Cas, So, uh, Kaz for Kadeem Harris, Maz for Massimo Luongo, Baz for Barry Bannon. There's a slightly unimaginative theme running through that, though, isn't there? Yes,
1: I would say so, but it was really good, actually, and, and the great insight that you got from uh, listening to Sam Hutchinson...
0: I'd got a friend who was watching it on iFollow who was um, live texting me updates on what Sam Hutchinson was saying, yeah. which at times during the first half was more interesting than the actual match, getting messages about the things that Hutch was revealing. And uh, he doesn't really hold very much back, does he, Sam Hutchinson, which is greatest quality and also his worst quality because he does exactly the same on the pitch as a, as a footballer. You get everything with um, with Sam Hutchinson. But I wonder, I like, there's not many workplaces where everyone has a, a nickname. Like, We don't have nicknames for each other. I don't think. We're no, doing yeah, this for, no. For each other. There's
1: still time, isn't there? I suppose. I was, but I was, but yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. If
0: I, you I... if you had to give me a nickname, what would it be?
1: Oh, Jimmy. Um. Jimmy's all right. <laughs> I was thinking about yours. I was thinking oh. Howie. Howie. Yeah, I've yeah. had Howie before. But then
0: my my personal favourite is is Doh. So a bit like Subo. So the D D-O from Dom, the H-O from. Are Housen. you going for Doe? Doho. Doe. Oh. Doe will do. Yeah. Doh. Call you Doe.
1: Or just go with the standard Doom. That's that's all right Dude, as well. No, are you happy with that? No, I'm not no, really. Right, no, not I really. I expected
0: you to to go for it. <laughs> Where's
1: your probably what killjoy?
0: Or <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the subject of uh, of Maz, we're going to hear from him in a in a second. We've touched on a bit. He he kind of he he admits himself he was he wasn't great in the first half. Mm. Uh, he's not played a lot of football for Wednesday, so maybe that first half led into a second half that showed us a little bit more about who he is, he had to get in that position to score yeah. the goal. And he was there, and he's also got to put it in the back of the net. And he, and he did, and it was the kind of game where those frustrating moments were evident right throughout. So it's the kind of game where a chance like that ends up, the keeper tips it over the bar, or he skews the shot and it goes flying. So um can't complain too much about his overall contribution on, on Saturday.
1: No, I, I wouldn't. And I actually think there was a lot of pressure on him, and he would have known in the back of his mind and ditto with Joey pelli that they needed to put in a big performance, a strong performance, to show Gary Monk what they're about and n- knowing that Sam Hutchinson is there in the background and that he will be back very soon. To, so they had to, you know, f- from their point of view, do as well as they possibly could. And when you look at Massimo Luongu uh, in the matches that he started in the Cup, they played a straight four-four-two in both of those. So this was a different formation, and I'm, I'm sure that his role and his responsibility was different this time around to what it was against Rotherham and Everton and what Gary Monk was wanting him to do. And, and we saw uh, a number of times that going forward... Uh, that he was doing that, he was breaking in between the lines, and that was good support play. What he did for the goal. And uh, a word for Adam Reach, who we have talked an awful lot about over the last few weeks. And uh, I have no doubt that his performance probably divided opinion again on Saturday, and that he flitted in and out. Still came away with it and with another assist, and it was again awareness simple ball an execution you can argue but you still have to pull it off and a superb finish
0: from Luongu yeah it was a nice goal actually it was yeah, a nice was. goal I thought Adam Reach uh, again fairly ineffective first half had a much better second half I thought he was really good actually in the um, in the second half right thanks Doom let's hear from um, from the goal himself here's Massimo Luongu it, it wasn't a
2: great game first half uh, I couldn't get into the game uh, you know, I think We just needed a little bit of a wake-up call, a little bit of a a push in the second half and we come out flying, and we were pressing well and and, uh, the the ball fell to me and and I think that was just from the reward of us working harder and and just being a bit more assertive in the final third and um, just everyone doing their jobs and a little bit more and, and the result was a goal.
1: And how did you feel the midfield? function
2: today and it was good joey did really well coming in um just cleaning up it allowed me and baz to get forward and get in the box and just help fletch out a little bit and um, i think when you play three in midfield it's important i think it's easy for the striker to be isolated and not have much help and um, i think joey allowed us to get forward and help help him out and even you know when he sort of Try to bring the ball down, and it fell to the side. He, he took the centre back out, and yeah, me and Baz were able to get on the seconds and re- allow Ricci and, and Kievan Harris to try and isolate the one one v one areas. And,
1: and, and there's a lot of competition in the field yep. as well, isn't there? So you you had to be patient.
2: Yeah, of course. I knew that coming in, especially signing on deadline day. The season's already started, and um, you know, I'm away with internationals a lot, uh, which doesn't help. And, new team new players and no one really knows me and I'm, I'm, I haven't got the relationship with the players on the pitch that you know that comes you know, after years you, know, you look at Barry and, and, and Fletch you know, the way they combine they've been playing together for years so um, that will come and, and I think I just need to be around it more and the only way to be around it more is to, to keep performing well and hopefully keep winning and what sort of test are you going to Cardiff after the break uh, a tough one you know what Warnock's all is about and um, Big physical, you know, man v man all over the pitch, I think we're probably suited to that a little bit. Mm. I think in our team everyone does their job and does it well and goals will come. So as long as you can do that and you have a great foundation.
0: Right, we uh, we said last week it's a really important couple of weeks for Gary Monk and for Sheffield Wednesday now because it's the longest time that he's had to work with the, the team. Um, we'll hear from him in a bit. Obviously, Tom Lees is um, still to come back after the international break. Uh, David Bates-Manuelson to come back as well. Now, Fernando Forestieri. So, um, he'll be back from his suspension. I mean, he might as well have been suspended all season, really, for honest, because his, his contribution's been uh, pretty much none. But um, Gary Monk, so far, has... Tended to alternate between, as I see it, three main formations or kind of lineups. So a traditional four-four-two with the two big men. Uh, a four-four-two, but with a player off the main striker, so a four-four-one-one, if you if you prefer, uh, and then the four-three-three with the wide men either side of the of the main striker. Now, I think we can safely say if Fletcher is fit, then he is that main striker. That's a, a bit of a, a given. You can see Forestieri fitting into two of those formations quite well. So playing as a wide man off um, Fletcher. Um, the uh, or well, I'd uh, argue sorry, he playing as no. a wide man or playing as um, the the other one either before or just off Fletcher.
1: Yeah, Forestieri doesn't want to play out wide. Well, he, may, he certainly made that very clear when Carlos Carvalho was in charge that he didn't want to play there and so I don't see that having changed. And, and as, as we've mentioned though, where his most effective match has often been for Wednesday, it's actually when in a four four two he was on the left in that first season. How much joy did he used to get that from that side? But has he got the discipline to play that role now and he's a bit older and he's had his injury and discipline problems? I would suggest not. I don't think that you can bank on Fernando Forcier in a four four two that he's gonna do an effective job in the wide role. I, I think it is very much he's in the number 10 position. Um, yeah, but I think he's playing in a two. Uh, in a four three three, unless it's maybe in the last 20 minutes or so and you, you're wanting an impact from the bench, I, I don't see Fernando Forestieri really as a viable option from the start in a 4-3-3 three, three, playing in a wide.
0: I also can't see how he'd dislodge Kadeem Harris.
1: Well, no, he he wouldn't. That was it. That's the fact. He it would be on the right hand side. That's where you could say that the a position is maybe up in the air still. And and realistically, I think for Fernando Forestieri to break back into this team, it's if they're consistently playing four four two, four four one one, and then he's that man off Stephen Fletcher. And that's the that's a problem spot for Wednesday as we've discussed, it's actually finding that support for Stephen Fletcher. None of the other strikers have chipped in and weighed in with the goals and taken the slack off him. Now, the question is, can Fernando Forestier be that man? But I I don't see him being thrown straight into this team. He's going to have to bide his time.
0: It's dead interesting this, isn't it? Because obviously he's never played under Gary Monk. He's not been able to play under Gary Monk. Uh, Gary Monk's talked about him quite a bit. He he generally gets asked about him pretty much every week in the... in the in the press call that he does before before the games, and he's you know uh, made it pretty clear that he thinks that every player in the squad's important because you do need to change things from time to time and injuries will happen and and whatnot. Uh, dead pivotal time this for Fernando Forestieri, like his contract's up in the in the summer. Once upon a time, it'd be a given that you give Fernando Forestieri a new contract. Now it's like, well, where does he fit in? Because we're talking about earlier, we're talking about Gary Monk clearly going to want to change formations as we go. We're saying there's only really one where we see Fernando Forestieri fitting in um as as a, a kind of like a you know a square peg in a square hole, which is playing off Stephen Fletcher in a four four one one. Um so you know what what kind of happens in that first few games once he's back, I think will really give us an idea as to what role Gary Monk sees him Playing, I you think know, you're right. Jordan yeah. Rhodes has not featured yeah. at all in the league. It's just not. No, know, and Jordan Rhodes was a sub, didn't he? At Hull, and, yeah. and, and wasn't didn't, even didn't in the squad of the weekend. Yeah. So, so yeah, the writings on the wall kind there of, uh, with he, Jordan Rhodes. He's yeah, he's he's made it pretty clear what he thinks. There, we'll, we'll I think we'll learn pretty quickly what he thinks the role that Fernando yeah. Forestieri is going to play. I, I can now, see now,
1: Fernando Forestieri playing at least from the start in one of the next three matches. You've got that like Cardiff on the Friday, Stoke on the Tuesday, and Leeds at home in the lunchtime game on the Saturday. I think there'd definitely be a part for Fernando Forestieri to play in in those matches. I reckon he'd probably be off the bench at Cardiff. I think it's too much of a gamble to throw him into a game of that magnitude at Cardiff. after He has effectively been off now for the last six, seven weeks. Yes, he's played in a few behind-closed-doors matches to keep his fitness up, but to throw him straight back in... I think if you're the rest of the squad, what sort of message does that send out as well? If you recall Fernando Forestieri straight away, when the team's actually doing well, they're eighth in the table, one point off the playoffs, three points off the top. So I think it sends out the wrong message. If you immediately go, right, Fernando Forestieri, you're back in the team. But then I suppose on the flip side, you've then got... If you throw Fernando Forestieri in, we we saw what he did at Norwich, uh, in a game that was under the lights, uh, yeah, on, on TV.
0: He does like to turn it on, doesn't he, for the big games?
1: Well, yeah, and there's a lot, yeah, up for grabs at Cardiff, and uh, that's it. He, you know, we know that he's a match winner, so it wouldn't surprise you if he did play from the start and he turned it on. He could, he's that sort of maverick. He could.
0: It's going to be the first time that we see Fernando Forestieri with really. I'm not going to say something to prove, but you know he's now at a position where he's. I would argue, you know, for for many for a long time he was the biggest, best player in the in the squad. Now he's probably not, and he's got to earn himself a new contract. We've we've seen we've spoke several times on this podcast about. Uh, kind of feels like season after season goes by without Fernando Forestieri really proving that he can do what he can do consistently.
1: He certainly hasn't in the last two years. The first two years... Now's got to be the time, hasn't it? No, it it has to be. He's got a lot to prove in terms of not just at Wednesday in maybe earning a new deal, but he's got to prove to himself that he can still perform at this level and that he should be regarded as one of the best players in the championship. We haven't seen that in the last two seasons. There have been well-documented other things that have happened and lots of injuries, etc. So, yeah, now's the time for Fernando Forestieri to start and this should really be a clean slate for him under Gary Monk. And I, and I think Gary Monk's going to relish having a player like Fernando Forestieri up your sleeve, that you know that he can give this team a spark and a bit of creativity that I do think they have missed at certain times this season where uh, you're thinking Millwall way in the second half. I know he, he actually, I think, featured in that game, but you, you know what I mean? A fit and a firing Fernando Forestieri that a whole... again, could he have made a difference? So it's another option for Gary Monk and I think he's going to welcome having uh, Fernando Foresti there. Uh, I I know we're going to talk more about Cardiff in the next episode. The reason why I don't think that Forestieri will start that one is that I I just see... Purely looking at it, thinking that Gary Monk will probably go with 4-3-3 again. Yeah, it's Cardiff. Pat the midfield, Car- midfield and Cardiff play a 4-3-3. and we know how big, physical, and direct Neil Warnock teams traditionally are. And they've, you know, they've got two giant centre halves in Shaw Morrison and Aidan Flint, and then they've got a big man up front. So they're going to bombard the, you know, the penalty area, every chance that they get. Uh, so I, I I think that it maybe isn't a game for Fernando Forestero to start. That and so that that's just my own personal opinion that I think he'd probably be used off the bench in that last twenty minutes, half an hour, and then depending on the result, I could see him maybe starting against Stoke a few days later.
0: Something that we've not talked about yeah, because it's a long way away and there's no reason for us to, is there's a lot of players who are out of contract in the summer. Now, this comes off the back of that discussion about Fernando Forestieri because he's kind of top of that list in a lot of ways. But Gary Monks, you know, he's been here, he's experienced at this level. He will know now that if there's a player that he's looking at that he doesn't see having a future with the club, he needs to be kind of letting them know come what January, that if we need to move some people on and still get a fee for them, those decisions need to be made pretty soon. So the next few games for Fernando Forestieri are really vital. He's, he's he's not got until the end of the season to earn himself a contract because the club will be thinking, do, do you know what, do we do we sell him in January if there's money on the table? Um, or what? I mean whether there's sure, money on the likely. table is a very different yeah. is a very different matter. But um, it's it's a key period of games. There is another international break, isn't it, before the end of this year, but this run of games now pretty much up till Christmas is really key for a lot of players who are pretty much fighting for a contract.
1: Absolutely. And you would say right now that Stephen Fletcher is another one that he's done pretty much everything he can in his power to earn a new deal. And if anything, I'm sure the club will be looking at that and thinking that if he carries on his form, they're going to have to be entering contract talks with Stephen Fletcher sooner rather than later. Uh, You've got Morgan Fox, Atty knew You and a couple of others as well whose contracts are up. So there's a lot to play for. And, and you're right, it is a big period. You know, I think between now and the end of the year, we'll have another 10 or so league
0: matches and it's going to be defining for a lot of them. Absolutely. Right, let's get the thoughts of the manager now. Gary Monk, firstly, on what they've been working on over the break.
3: For few offensive things that we can add to them and give them the idea straight away and then a couple of defensive things that they need to brush up on and be ready for and and then a mixture of that and recovery but um, yeah we'll be working don't worry about it Will
1: there be double training sessions or plenty of that throwing it in just to keep No, of course. It's
3: not about it's doing what's needed you know and then I have a certain way of working and methods and I understand physically what's the limit of the players and how hard I can push them on certain days and what they can take and and they'll be doing what they need to do, you know, it's as simple as that. But they know that, and the other bit is the attitude towards the work's been brilliant, and I'm sure they're looking forward to it, and you know, that's what we have to do. So there'll be a recovery period,
1: but then we'll be working as well. And how much of a step up is it going to be after International Break, Cardiff away, yeah. Leeds at home on the horizon?
3: Well, well, I think one of the first days I walked in, in into the office with the, with the staff, there was a board of all the teams, all the fixture lists, and when you look at it, sometimes it. <laughs> You try and look for okay, what period on paper would look good or easier? Yeah, there's none. None. It's competitive. You have to play everyone at some point. It's thick and fast. It's difficult games and that's what the beauty of the championship. is. also the difficulty of the championship as mm-hmm. well but um, I think the attitude is to look forward to it and as I said as long as we're competing we're in every game and um, we're in positions to take points and we improve. You know, we have that little bit of patience to improve and and push these players. They've been fantastic so far. We need to keep um, keep on that track. And are you hopeful Tom
1: Lee's will be back?
3: Yeah. Um, so with Tom, I've probably had a bit more luxury in the sense of you know Dom and Julian have been performing well, and we've, we've got good cover as well. And you know with Tom, as eager as he is to come back, it's probably we've aired on more on the side of caution because we don't want to. There's no point in risking him to reset him again for a longer period. So um, he possibly could have pushed to, to come back for this game, but I think having that two week period with mm. Dom and, and Julian performing well and, and, and that side of it we didn't need to take that risk so yeah we, we um, yeah, he should be nice and ready before um, when we come out of that And you've got know, Sam Hutchinson, yeah. and, uh, so you actually have a, more yeah. options as well. Yeah and of course it's important you know they're going to be needed and, and it's nice to have certain options because yeah you know, it can be difficult at times mm. you know for freshness you know it's our third game in a week you know it's, I thought we did well today to physically compete as hard as we did. I wanted to make those couple of changes to give us some energy in the middle of the park against Wigan, which is important. I think they've done that really well. Joey and Massimo were fantastic coming in. Mm.
1: and yeah we're moving in the right direction that's the most important it's been a whirlwind style for you in, in terms of throughout games and, and mm. the time you've been here is there any updates on backroom staff or in terms of maybe adding to that or are you very happy with how things are at the moment no the, the staff here
3: have been fantastic with me really supportive and it's it's not easy for them either to take on my ideas and methods but we've all been working very hard and harder than the players you know we spend a lot more hours at the training ground going through certain things and and you know bullying and, and tomo and and Nicky and, and the rest of the guys have been fantastic. And of course, you, know, you know, if I get the opportunity to, to bring some of the staff with me that I think are needed and in certain areas that need to be strengthened, of course, mm-hmm. but, um, at this moment in time, it is where it is. And um, yeah, just concentrating on me and the staff and, and the players that we have here right now, that's all we can
0: do. So then, international break. Um, absolutely nothing to talk about, really. What, uh, what are you doing with a rare Saturday off, Don?
1: Dom? Um. Good question. Uh, I'm unfortunately going to be going to Doncaster at some point. I've got worked into uh, going to my wife's got a work thing, so I will be oh, going. That sounds horrendous. Yeah. So no football. Uh, no, no football. Uh, I may watch uh, England in action on Friday and then yeah. Monday. Um. Uh, the only other piece of business that I suppose we should mention, Sheffield Wednesday wise. Uh is that, of course, Gary Monk has been shortlisted for Manager of the Month for September. Of course. So, two wins and a draw, including that uh, very impressive victory at Middlesbrough. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, d- I, I don't know. Obviously, the results don't come out until Friday, but I'd be surprised if he wins it because yep. I think Sabri, Lamouche, at Nottingham Forest won three out of three. So, I would imagine that they go for, for him. But Gary Monk would probably like that as that means that they can carry on going under the radar a it's little bit. A bit. And, well, and you don't it? want the yes, the old dreaded curse that yeah, people not, talk about. It's not yeah. good. Uh
0: right, Alpinions. Um did you see the result of this? Uh I I tried to ignore it. <laughs> uh so the question was do you want to see VAR in the championship? Uh so uh, yes thirty nine percent, no sixty one percent. I thought it would be way closer than that. I probably thought yes would win if I'm honest. So I'm a little bit surprised by um by that. Loads of replies as well. Um, Can't get through the ball, but here's a few. So Kat was originally in favour, but after seeing it uh, now agrees with me that the decisions just even themselves out over a season. So leave it be. Uh, Peter says yes, because the standard of refereeing is shocking. Get professional refs as well and make VAR better not asking for too much there. Uh Sean um all we, we were all screaming because of the Murphy incident but how frustrating when it's the other way around and something is given against us by VAR. We did see that at Chelsea didn't we? Last season. our yes, own experience of VAR. So for it's Sam not, it's not great because we tackle. would have Uh, we would have had a penalty and potentially have taken the lead in a game that we then went on and lost quite royally Um, so uh, yeah an interesting one Bill says it'll take time and many iterations to improve it Lee would like to see good, fit and professional officials. Adrian says it takes away the enjoyment from the game. Uh, Duncan, Chris and Serge all saying something similar, which is about football, is about those instant emotions and celebration and frustration, not kind of waiting around. This is, this is a good point, actually, not something that I touched on last week, but this whole kind of like, we get to a point where your team scores a goal and it's not really worth celebrating because, you know, they've got to do the checks. You either... Don't don't bother celebrating and wait, or you celebrate twice, or you celebrate and look like a bit of an idiot.
1: Yeah, I know. There was a lot of uh, responses that we got were it's it's the spirit of the game, it, and it's is it destroying the soul of football that yeah, you know, you can't. You're always looking around to actually make sure that you know, before you celebrate. Oh, yeah, can you celebrate? Uh, has is, is that goal going to stand? So I do get it from that point of view, definitely.
0: It's pretty horrible when you celebrate a goal and then you glance up and you notice the flag's up. Um, and thank like the Stephen Fletcher one on Saturday, I noticed straight away the flag was up, so I didn't kind of celebrate. But many times, particularly down the other end at the cop end, yeah. where I've been you know, mid-hug before someone's kind of tapped me on the shoulder and you're like, oh, that's not embarrassing. Yeah,
1: I couldn't imagine being a Manchester City fan last season well I couldn't imagine being a Manchester City fan full stop (laughs) but I definitely couldn't for you know when when Sterling scores that last minute goal that they think takes them through and then actually VAR has disallowed it and then it happened again in the league didn't it Yeah. The, same, this season that's thing, yeah, right yeah and that um, would have been 3-2 so yeah VAR has uh, not been City's friend against Spurs recently but yeah I, 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 that's a horrible thing to go through yeah and I do get it from that point of view but then I do
0: also want the big decisions to to be right uh, this week is uh, is one that you've come up with and we're all going to kind of play manager a little bit here aren't we yeah we are and so it's it's simply a case of what
1: do we think with the current crop of Wednesday players is the the best formation for them to play in? And so we've seen under Gary Monk in the short time that he's been here that, as we've touched on, they've played a variety of formations. So, is it the four four two or is it four three three that they played against Wigan? Or four one four one, we've seen uh, that as well, and that's sort of an extension a little bit of four three three. You could argue. So uh, it's the it's the two main ones are four four two and four three three. So what what do you think uh, is Wednesday's uh, best formation with the players that they have at the disposal?
0: I'm not going to do this as a poll just because formations I don't think are are black and white Um, so um, you you might want to kind of throw in reasons for individual players I'm going to say 4-3-3 with Fletcher as kind of that sort of lone striker um, because I don't at the moment think that we've got the right players to play a 4-4-2 I don't think we've got the right player for that second striker
1: well, actually, I'm gonna go with four four two in that in an ideal world, uh, Fernando Forestieri comes in, makes a huge impact, and he would be in the number ten position or uh, yeah, he would be that one that'd be nearest, closest to Stephen Fletcher, with either Sam Hutchinson or Massimo Luongu partnering Barry Bannon in the centre
0: and Adam Reach on the right, Kadeem Harris on the left. Well, let us know what you think. Drop us a tweet. You can contact us on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, on Twitter, you can catch Dom at Dom Howson. I'm at James Marriott or contact the show at Dom and James. Big thank you here to our gold sponsor, Tito Law, who you can find at titolaw.co.uk. I had a message this week from Gary who said, how do you spell that? So it's Tito Law, T Y T O l a w dot co dot uk that's just about it thank you for joining us as ever please let us have your feedback on the show we appreciate your reviews and please subscribe to us for free in your podcast app to get the new episode every week you can also check the show notes as well if you fancy becoming a singing the blues supporter up the owls and see you next week